Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we will naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it will be to live more simply. So thank you for joining me today. Today I'm going to talk about something that sounds so easy to do yet is so very hard. And it's something though that I think is key to living a more simple life. Like if we do this one thing, we are naturally going to live a more simple life. And I'm going to tell you about it in just a second. But before we start, I want to thank our podcast sponsor. Our podcast sponsor is Apologia, and we are so grateful and thankful for them sponsoring this podcast because it really helps to keep uh, me able to do what I do here on the podcast, and um, please go over and visit them at Apologia.com and look at their products. They are an amazing resource for the homeschooling family. There's all sorts of curriculum for um, a Christian homeschool, and they also have lots of other encouraging resources for your family. If you're looking for good quality, solid biblical resources, please go check out Apologia at Apologia.com. And um, I would love for you to support them because they support us. Thank you, Apologia. So today, like I said, I wanted to talk about one thing that is so um, pertinent that we do, and yet it's something that is often so difficult. And it's actually really one of the most important things that not I think we need to do, but it's what God tells us to do. And so (laughs) I'm talking about the first commandment and not putting any other gods before our God. And what does this all have to do with simplifying? We're going to kind of break it down, but I was thinking of this episode, I was trying to think of, you know, what I wanted to speak about this week on the podcast, and this one came to mind, and I was like, as I was going through it and writing some notes, I just kept thinking, it's so easy, yet so hard, so we're going to talk about it. So what does the first commandment say? It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. So what does this all have to do with living simply? Well, really, I want to talk about overall idolatry and idols and the things that are really a stumbling block for us um, living for God. Because as you guys know, when I talk about living simply, I'm all about getting rid of clutter and getting rid of distractions and physical clutter and mental clutter and just the everyday stuff stuff that sort of bogs us down. But why do I talk about that? Because I believe those are the things that hinder us from fully walking with God. Those are the things that get in our way and sort of help us, or not help us, but those are the things that sort of um, 
distract us and sort of um, turn our eyes off of where they should be. And our eyes should always be fixed on Jesus. But there are so many things in our world, especially our world today, that are distracting us and taking our, um, our, our vision um, from where it needs to be. So um, idolatry. Idolatry, you know, we think about idolatry as, well, I don't worship other gods. You know, this this commandment says we should have no other gods. Well, of course, you know, I don't worship other gods, and there's no idolatry in my life. I'm a Christian. I worship the one true God. And, you know, we can easily look at that. You know, um, I've been studying in, in my kids, uh, my younger kids, their ancient history this year. And we were learning about some of these other religions that worship many gods. You know, we have um, these religions that worship, you know, gods for everything, for the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything else on the earth. And so we would easily look at that and be like, well, duh, we don't do that. Yet as Christians, we are not immune to falling um, into this trap of worshiping other gods because these gods in our life Often we think that they need to be like, you know, literally other gods, but they're not. They can be, idols can be anything that are distracting us from God that we are putting our, um, uh, you know, we're putting our energy into anything that we are thinking about all the time more than God or, you know, trusting in more than God. Uh, things that we are looking for contentment in more than God. Things that are we are we are thinking that we will find our peace in more than God. We have to live by this commandment because if we do, then out of that everything else flows. And you know, when I talk about living simple, it's the same thing. Why do we want to live simply? Basically, living simply is to get rid of all the distractions. If we could follow this commandment, we wouldn't even have to think about living simply. We wouldn't have to think about decluttering our lives of physical and mental clutter and a busy schedule and all those things because our focus would be laser sharp and our attention and our worship would be on the one true God. But unfortunately, in our culture, we tend to get very wrapped up and we don't think we're worshiping other things, but we often are. Now, I'm going to be very real on this podcast today, and I'm going to talk about the times that I also fall, you know, trapped in, into this trap because I know that I um, am definitely at times... And even more so recently, I saw this happen in my life, you know, taking my eyes off of him and looking for trust or feeling secure in other things or feeling like if I can just, you know, have this thing or have this thing happen, then life will be content. And the truth of the matter is, when we are worshiping the one true God, that's all we need. The other things in our life add to that, but they are not our source of contentment or our source of joy. We don't worship anything but the one true God. And so thinking through this today, I was, I was making a list of 
idols in our culture today. Um, some of us may have issues with some of these things and some of us may not. For all of us, it's different. What are the things that are distracting you from worshiping the one true God? Some of them might be worldly achievement, academics. If you're a homeschooler, you know, we, we often get really caught up in that. Um, but you don't have to be a homeschooler. I mean, every, everyone in this culture gets very wrapped up. Our homes, how things look, you know, we have a very visually saturated um, culture right now with media showing us how our homes should look. Idols can actually be ourselves. Our own personal comfort can become an idol. Our finances, health, you know, and these are all things that are okay to want. (laughs) Of course, we want good health. We want to be in a good financial place. We want to live in comfort. We want a nice home. We want our children to be um, educated and have good academics. We want to achieve things in this world, but there's a difference. And I'm going to explain to you that difference. There's a difference between Those things adding to our contentment and adding to our life, but not taking away from our worship of the one true God. So there's a lot of false gods out there, things that we look to for comfort or fulfillment. Um, When we are seeking after those things, the thing that I noticed is because we are told in the first commandment to worship the one true God, not bow down or serve anything else, having no other gods. When we do that, obviously we're breaking a commandment and we're living in sin. We become restless. We become discontent. We become maybe depressed. We despair. If you want to live simply, you simply need to follow this first commandment. Have no other gods before me. So some of the things that I've recognized in myself um, would be in the past, I definitely um, have seen the struggle with finances, um, health, not anymore so much, but home at one time, having the right home. I don't know, worldly achievement isn't one that... (laughs) struggled with, which I know though some people, you know, you feel like you need to keep um, maybe adding more degrees to your your education or you need to be climbing the corporate ladder. For me, I never had the pressure from myself to uh, look successful in the world's eyes. So that's not one I struggle with, but I do know that many people do. Um, academics for us in our homeschool is not our number one goal. However, I do see that I can um, get caught up in that and start to put my security in that. And um, so all of these things have affected me probably at some point. So what are the things that have affected you? What are the idols that get between you and the worship of the one true God? Um, Just recently, I talked about this several times recently on on my um, blogs and on my social media and on the podcast that last month in October, we were in a bad place over here in the Debuse family. We were sick. Everybody was sick. And um, 
it was a little scary at some points because we just couldn't get rid of illness. Like we went from one thing to the next and, you know, the doctor was doing chest x-rays and, um, um, two of my kids and, and, um, we were in the emergency room at one point and it was just a lot of sickness that wouldn't go away. And some of my old habits came back. Now you guys know, I've talked about this openly that I have struggled with worry in the past. And a lot of times that worry revolves around health issues and health of myself or health of my kids. And so I noticed that um, I can recognize idolatry when my kids are sick and we're having all these different illnesses and I'm kind of searching it out. Like, what could it be? Why are, why are we all so sick? And it's like not going away. Like I'm looking for, you know, um, answers and what I tend to do is spend an awful lot of time being real here, being honest and vulnerable because I hate to admit this. I spend an awful lot of time on Google, Dr. Google, right? Googling this, Googling that. And what happens when I spend time on Dr. Google and when I get really wrapped up in this, I waste an awful lot of time. And looking back on the whole situation, you know, everybody's pretty much healthy now. And I was just thinking about it today and like, wow, I was in a bad place. Like I, I was going to Dr. Google (laughs) uh, and every website I could about all the symptoms and all the things that were going on. Um, and which partly is, you know, as a mother and a caretaker of your child and, and trying to, um, take care of them when they're sick. You know, there's part of that that's normal and okay, but I'm not talking about the part that's normal and okay. I'm talking about me when I get overboard and I'm literally like, I go in this downward spiral and it almost becomes hard for me to function. And so this is how I know it's idolatry. I am wrapped up in my thoughts, in my fears, in my comfort, because for me, I want to know that my kids are going to be okay or that I'm going to be okay. And I want that. I crave that more than anything in that moment. So I'm searching for answers everywhere. And again, you know, if you have health issues, part of it is to research and be knowledgeable and take care of your family. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, and you guys out there would know if you struggle with that, the overboard syndrome that I have where I take it overboard and I can't think about anything else and the worry takes over. But what is at the root of that is not idolatry in that, oh, I want my family to be well. It's really the idolatry in that is that I am putting my trust in the wrong things. I'm not worshiping God in that moment. In fact, I'm not spending time with him, okay? I'm spending time searching for answers, again, which is okay to do for a little bit and get educated, but I'm talking about the downward spiral of spending all of Saturday afternoon doing this or all of Tuesday evening into the wee hours of the night. And even when I'm not researching, I'm sitting there in my thoughts worrying. And so... The idolatry there is looking for contentment or for comfort or for peace 
apart from God. Because I can, and I know it sounds crazy, but I can have peace in the midst of that trial, knowing that God is good, God takes care of us, God will not leave us no matter how sick my babies are, no matter how sick I am, God is still there. And instead of hanging to those promises in that moment, I go to the wrong thing. I'm looking for comfort where I end up finding more despair. And that's where I see that can be idolatry because I'm seeking out comfort from something other than God. And I've done this, you know, with finances in the past. I'm not so bad with this one anymore. Um, but you know, rightfully so Steve and I got married young. We never had money getting when we first got married, we got married literally right out of college. Like Steve missed his graduation because we're on our honeymoon. So literally we got married out of college and, and became pregnant two months later and, you know, new parents. And I always knew I wanted to stay home. So that was not even like an option for me to work at that time. So knowing uh, this being, you know, younger parents and newly married and baby. And then, and then Steve goes and loses his job. Of course, he didn't do it on purpose. The company had huge layoffs. Um, so here I am pregnant and we, we get the news that he's got, um, his, you know, no job. And I had already stopped working. I was having my baby. I was going to be, a, you know, full-time stay-at-home mom. So, you know, we've, we've been hit over the years with three job losses, two of them while I was pregnant um, with different children. So we've, we've had financial struggles early on for sure. And that, again, is a normal thing to be cautious, to be wise with your money. But that is something that I can take to the opposite extreme of, you know, getting worried. And I can remember years ago literally just like getting obsessed over numbers, writing down numbers, calculating numbers, constantly adding things up, trying to figure out the finances. And again, when you get wrapped up in that, your attention is taken away from God and from truth and from promises. Again, there's a healthy, um, uh, organized way of going about finances and being cautious and responsible. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for me, taking it to the overboard extreme of obsessing over finances and constantly adding numbers up and figuring things out and trying to make it all work on paper and, and, you know, not focusing on God and his truths and his promises. So you can recognize an idol when it's taking you away from the Lord, when it's consuming your thoughts more than the truths of God's word are consuming your thoughts. Um, For some of us, idolatry can look very materialistic as in, you know, having that perfect home. This one kind of really... I don't really um, deal with this at all because I don't try to have a Pinterest perfect house. I really, I'm beyond that. In my years, like, I'm just like, I can't even be bothered. But I 
do wholeheartedly remember the early years when we had no money um, and there was no Pinterest or Instagram yet, praise the Lord, but I can remember there were Pottery Barn magazines and other people's homes to go to and always feeling like I wanted this perfect home and I wanted things to look just so. And, you know, I can remember that for us, it was like if we were having company or like a big family party, that was the time to start doing all kinds of things to the home so that it would be, you know, looking just so when the company came. And I kind of look back on that now and crack up because I'm like, does the company even remember that we had a brand new paint color or a nice new chair or new decorations. No, they don't remember. 20 years later, I look back and I'm thinking, nobody remembers. I don't even remember. You know, I can remember going and looking for just the perfect decorations for our family room or the perfect decor for the dining room from when I used to host Thanksgiving. Does anybody look back on that and say, wow, 20 years ago, Karen had the perfect tableware? No. So I kind of moved on from that, but I look at it and I think, boy, the time and the money I wasted on trying to make everything just so. And at the time, yes, it was absolutely idolatry because I can remember hosting Thanksgiving in my early years of marriage. And I'm going to do a podcast upcoming in the upcoming weeks about hospitality versus entertaining. I've done it in the past, but it's time for a new one. I'm going to do one um, as we approach the holidays. For, so for look for that coming soon. But I can remember... Um, Thanksgiving would be, you know, the fourth Thursday of November. I can remember in September starting to fuss over what table linens I was going to use, what table setting, and I wanted everything to be just so. Again, nothing wrong with making things look pretty. I'm talking about when we turn it into idolatry and we turn it into like, I have to have everything look a certain way so that, number one, I can impress people, which, big whoop, it's not impressive that you can make a fancy table, but to me at that time, it was, it was um, about that. And so, um, I can remember in September, starting with the menu, again, no Pinterest and Instagram back then, I would be paralyzed back then if I had access to those things. I didn't have access to those things, and I was already way too obsessed. Uh, nowadays, I think about my Thanksgiving tableware and menu the week of Thanksgiving, <laughs> partly because I've done it, you know, so many years now that it's pretty much always the same. But in those early years, I easily got wrapped up in um, making things just so. And really, I think the number one idol that gets in the way of us worshiping the one true God is, guess who? Me, ourselves. We are our own worst idol. I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel peaceful. I want to impress people. I want to be secure in our finances. I want to know that we're all healthy and we're all going to be okay. I want, I want, I want. And I'm looking at this commandment right here and it says, you shall have no other gods before me, including yourself. It doesn't say that there. I'm saying that, including yourself. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or likeness of anything 
Um, and then it says, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. When I'm sitting alone with my thoughts of worry, I'm serving them. When I'm sitting down and I'm analyzing the, fi- or not analyzing the finances, obsessing over the finances, I am idolizing them. I am serving them. And in the end, I'm really just serving myself because I'm constantly looking for contentment in things or security in things or feeling peaceful because I want to be comfortable. But guess what? God never promises a life of comfort. In fact, there's something that I've been praying about recently, and this has happened a lot recently, but for different subjects that I'm praying about. But for for instance, there's something I was praying about recently. And I'm like, oh God, this is what I want. You know, I want your will, but really, 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 I hope your will is what I want. I'm being honest with you. I go down that road sometimes. Do you do that? Where you're like, God, I want to be in your will, but I'm really hoping. Now, I do know that we are supposed to go to God in prayer with our desires and ask for the things we want. But our heart has to be content with the answer either way. We have to say your will be done and mean it. Otherwise, it's idolatry. We, we are worshiping the thing we want. We are focused on the thing that we want. So I have, I've gone to the Lord lately, and there's a difference between saying to him, okay, Lord, this is what I want, but I, I really just want to be in your will. So whatever your answer is, I'm good. There's a difference between saying it and the times when I'm praying it and meaning it. Because I've prayed it before and I want to mean it, but I don't. And then there's the times when I pray it and I know that I mean it. That no matter how God answers, I'm going to worship him. And that's what it's about in that first commandment. You are going to worship the one true God and you are not going to bow down or serve any other God no matter what. No matter what. So idolatry can really, when we really recognize these things that we are sort of letting take the place of God, things that are taking us away from worshiping him. Like I said, for me, it's worry. If you're, if you're going down the path of worrying, you are automatically taking your eyes off of Jesus. If you are going down the path of letting anything else consume your thoughts more than he consumes your thoughts. Because see, if I'm worshiping the one true God, I can be concerned about something. I can be, you know, responsible about my finances and I can be decorating my home or planning Thanksgiving with the fact that he is always first in my thoughts. So I'm going to have a, a, a company or I'm going to have Thanksgiving or I'm going to have people over. And because I love God and I serve him and I worship him, I want those people to come over and I want to serve them. I'm not thinking about myself and how I look serving them and how, you know, the best recipes I can make or the fanciest home I can have. I'm thinking about those people. When I'm obsessing about my finances or when I'm going about them responsibly, I'm thinking, 
These are the gifts from God that I have. How will I be a good steward of them? Do I need to fix some things? Do I need to pray about some areas? Or do I look at the finances and I immediately obsess and I worry and I, and I you know, go over the numbers and, and that. So see, those things exist, but when we are worshiping the one true God and serving Him, then we are able to handle those things. Same thing with worrying about health. I can sit there and I can be all consumed, which believe me, I've done. Literally let these thoughts consume me. Or I can say, Lord, I worship you and I serve you. How can I best take care of my family in this time? Knowing that you are in control of every single cell in their body, if they're healthy or not, and, and approaching everything in a different frame of mind. So there's quite a difference between serving God and serving yourself. Because when I'm serving myself, I'm really just seeking, for me, it's like comfort and security and contentment. Oh wait, the Bible says those things are found in Him. So I have to remember that sometimes life isn't comfortable, but... When I'm serving him, there's a purpose in it all. And when I'm worshiping him above all else, those things fall into their proper place. You know, for some people, like I said, your idolatry could be, it could be your family members. It could be, um, you know, Worrying about, like I said, health or just, um, you know, putting people in sort of an elevated place above God. But when we are worshiping God first, then we serve the people in our lives in their proper place. Worldly achievements. So many people, like I said, this one I don't struggle with so much, but I know being in the homeschooling world, you see it all the time. Academics, 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 college, you know, SATs, ACTs, all this stuff. We're, we're in that place right now with having my daughter as a senior where it's like, you know, worldly achievement is great, but what on earth are we living for? I don't have the obsession with, you know, she needs to go to an Ivy League school and get the perfect scores. In that in that area, I don't struggle so much, but I know that there are people out there who do. Like, you know, we have to get the best SAT score. We must get into the college of our dreams. We must be on that perfect career path. That's not worshiping the one true God. That's not serving him. We worship him and then we use our abilities, our academic abilities or our career path to serve him. Our purpose in life is to glorify God and to serve him. It's not to serve ourselves and to glorify ourselves and say, look at me. I got into Ivy League school. I have the best grades. I have the best, you know, scores. Sure. Those things are a wonderful achievement if achieved as you're following that first commandment and serving no other gods before him. If he allows you to go on to Ivy League school, if he allows you to have these great, you know, um, achievements, and it's because you put him first, hallelujah. 
But if we get wrapped up in all those achievements and we haven't put him first, we are breaking that commandment. We are bowing down to the worldly standards of success. So do you see, they can, they can work together, but one may not take the place of the other. We must worship God first, bow down to him and serve him, and then use these things under his authority, not for any other purpose. And many of us, and I see it in the homeschooling community, we want our kids to succeed so we can say, that's my kid, look what I've done. And we don't want to say that outwardly. We want other people to say that. Oh, you're a great homeschool mom. Your child got into whatever school. Oh, you must have done a great job. Sure, it feels good. But God knows our inner motivations. He knows our thoughts. So we need to be very careful of that. What is our motivation? If your motivation is you're serving God, you are bowing down to him above all else. You are worshiping him. And you have used you know, your homeschool to glorify him in many ways. And your child has achieved that academic success with him at the first and foremost of your life and of your motivation and of your homeschool, then hallelujah. But may we not get it backwards and say, look what we've done. Because right there, you're breaking that commandment. You are bowing down to yourself and serving yourself. And it's not just in the homeschool community. It's definitely everywhere. I mean, definitely in the secular world. I mean, Everyone breaks this commandment. Everyone in the secular world is breaking this commandment left and right. Because what? who do we serve? Us. We serve ourselves. The world serves themselves. They say, I can believe what I want because I am my own God. You don't need to have many different gods. You just need yourself. And you've already broken that commandment because you're worshiping self. So, I don't know what it is that you might be struggling with. It could be, you know, physical things like the home or clothes or how you look or all these things. It could be, um, like I said, your homeschool or achievements, your own comfort, just always kind of, you know, wanting to feel good and not wanting to experience pain. I mean, who does? No one does, right? So, of course, we avoid it. But we can take that too far by doing anything we, you know, can to avoid pain. Hey, that's where addictions come in, right? Alcohol, I mean, that's idolatry right there. Drugs, idolatry, all those things. Anything that we're using to sort of, you know, make ourselves feel good is because we end up not serving the one true God and not looking to Him to provide comfort for us no matter what our circumstances are, for him to provide peace no matter what the circumstances are. I was um, writing on the blog the other day. We went to see the show Jesus at Sight and Sound Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I did a review about it on the blog. It was amazing. But what was so cool, if you guys know, I wrote a post uh, a couple weeks ago about drowning or walking on water. And that was literally how I was feeling 
at that time. And it was partly because I was doing this whole idolatry of myself thing. It was in the middle of when we were having a hard time and kids were sick. And I felt like even with, aside from the kids being sick, I felt like I was drowning in so many things. Part of it was worry about finances. Part of it was worry about the future with my daughter in college. Part of it was worrying obviously about their health and just feeling really overwhelmed with life and feeling like I was drowning. And so I've heard the, um, the passage many, many, many times in scripture about um, Peter walking on the water and uh, as soon as he sees the storm around him, how he sinks. And so I had written about that because for some reason it just really hit me. Um, oh, I know why it hit me because I had actually said to Steve the one day I was really struggling with anxiety. And I had said to Steve, I was just curled up in a ball in my bed. And I said, I feel like I'm drowning. Like I could not keep my head above the wall. I just felt like I was drowning. And it hit me. Of course you feel like you're drowning. You're spending hours on the wrong things. You're spending hours worrying. You're spending hours fretting. You're spending hours wasting, curled up in the fetal position on your bed. Get in the word and walk on the water. And so it snapped me out of it that day. And I was like, of course, I feel like I'm drowning. That's exactly what Jesus says in that scripture is when you take your eyes off of the circumstances or you, I'm sorry, when you put your eyes on the circumstances, you will drown. And what does Jesus do? He reaches in when Peter's drowning and pulls him out. But Peter was walking on the water in the middle of a storm. And you can walk on the water in the middle of a storm. You can have contentment. You can have strength. You can do the supernatural because your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Just like this first commandment says, you worship him. You don't serve others. And that's all you need to do. So we had seen the show Jesus at Lancaster, and it was phenomenal. I, I can't even, that's like just beyond words. The show was truly amazing. And there's one scene in that they kind of go through all these different um, Bible uh, scriptures, uh, uh, different stories with Jesus. And so one of them is, you know, walking on the water. And it was awesome how I got to visually see that which if you've been to Sight and Sound, this show is far beyond all of the others in terms of sets and production. And I mean, they literally had this boat on the stage looking like it was being tossed in the waves and the storm and Jesus was literally walking on water. I don't know how they do it all, but it's truly amazing. And so I got to visually see that and I was like, bawling in my seat because it was so, you know, just to see that visual picture of when we keep God first, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, the storm can swirl around us, but nothing can touch us. He does supernaturally give us the power. So that's what I was saying in the beginning of this episode. It sounds so easy like if you read the first commandment, you're like, of course I love you, God. I don't, I don't love any other gods. I'm not one of those religions that worships a, you know, a whole bunch of gods. This is easy. Yet daily, it's a struggle for all of us. We don't even have to be worshiping any other gods. 
It could just be ourselves getting in the way. We've made ourselves the God we worship. We want what we want. I want what I want. No, I want what God wants. Because ultimately, I only worship Him. I only serve Him. I only bow down to Him. So I don't want anything else but Him. Oh my goodness, if we could truly keep that commandment moment by moment by moment, every single other commandment falls into place. Every single thing that we're supposed to do then falls into place. And that's where we are supposed to live. And so if you want to live a simple life, focus on that commandment. Have no other gods before him. None of this other stuff is an issue. You're not constantly trying to achieve worldly success. You're not constantly trying to look a certain way. You're not constantly trying to, you know, keep up with Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook or any of that stuff. You're not putting, you know, your stock in these political leaders. I'll throw that in there today too, as well, since we just had the election, right? We're not putting our faith in anything else except Jesus. That's it. Oh, how I just crave to do that. Lord, I want to do that. I know I fail all the time. And how do I do that? Number one, it's by His Spirit. Number two, it's by getting in the Word so you have access to that living God and that Spirit. We must be in the Word. That is how we keep this commandment. We have to constantly stay in his word because the world is pulling at us Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter and whatever other things that are out there are pulling at us. They're all screaming at us. His word has to be louder so that you don't desire the other things. You don't desire to be your own God. You desire the one true God. That's what it's all about. And I, my prayer is that I can do that. My prayer is that I can stay in that place. And I know me in the flesh, I can't. But if I keep my eyes on him, I can walk on the water. If I keep my eyes on him, I will not desire to have any other gods, especially my own self, which can become my own God very easily. So it's all about shifting our perspective. Everything falls into its place. We can have all of these things in our lives if they're in their proper place. So I encourage you today, think about that first commandment. Get in your word and study it. Get a concordance, get a commentary, get some really good sermons. Just study that one commandment. And know what it truly means to serve no other God except the one true God. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this um, podcast. I'm excited because the podcast has been growing. Every week I, I kind of check out my numbers and see that I have more listeners every single week. So I 
Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. Rate and review it over there on iTunes if it's blessed you in some way. That helps me get the message out there to others. Um, Also, in January, January 11th and 12th, Simply Living for Him is going to be in uh, Wilson, North Carolina. I'm going to be hosting a women's event, a Simply Living for Him gathering. So go register. All of the information is on the website at Simply Living for Him. Uh, click at the top on events. Also, I will link directly to the registration page in this podcast episode webpage. And I would love to see you in Wilson, North Carolina. We're going to meet for a Friday evening and Saturday during the day. And we're going to talk about living simply and getting rid of all these distractions and mostly I'm looking forward to just fellowshipping and praying and encouraging each other as women to walk with Jesus. Thank you for listening again. Until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.